Well, good morning and happy Mother's Day. Wow, I feel like we already had church today. Do you guys feel that way? I feel like we could take what we have and just leave. Um, I think it's so amazing how God works because uh, Jess and I didn't talk. She didn't know what I was going to talk about today, and I'm going to continue in the message series that Pastor Lance has um, been preaching on. Um, but the, the song set, everything that we sang this morning really spoke into what I'm going to bring you this morning, and, and God is so good. It is my greatest joy and honor to be a mom. And I was thinking during worship how I adore my kids and how the, the biggest thing that I would ever want for them is a relationship with God because I know I've walked the walk. I've walked through trials in life and I know his faithfulness. There's nothing more that I could ever desire for my kids to, than to follow Jesus. And as I'm sitting there thinking this and feeling that this morning, I feel like God said, that's how I feel about you. That's how I feel about my children. I desire nothing more than for you to walk with me, for you to have a realization of the power and the grace and the life that I can give and that only I can provide. So today, I know that God has something for you. He, want to, he wants to encounter you in a beautiful way. And I just want to take a moment before I start to, to honor the moms in this house and to have the honor to be able to pray over you. Now, Mother's Day, Father's Day, holidays, they always bring lots of different emotions because we walk different walks. We have challenges. We have joys. We have struggles. And Mother's Day can bring up a d different emotions. I know there are mothers in this house that have lost children. I know that there are mothers in this house that have lost babies. Mothers that are longing to be that aren't yet holding that child in their arms. I know that there are mothers that have children that, that are estranged and they're, they're longing for them to come back home. So I want to ask if you are a mother to stand, and that includes you, if you don't have a physical child here on earth, but you might be a mother in this house. You might be a mother to many. So if you are a mother, I would like you to stand up now so that we can pray for you. And that includes all of you women. If there's a mom next to you, I would love for you to put your hand on her and pray over her. God, we are so incredibly thankful for our moms. And God, I thank you for this day that we get to celebrate who they are. And what a beautiful gift moms are. And they give just like you give. God, I pray that you would fill these moms today with your presence, that you would fill them with your courage, that you would fill them with your life your destiny, that they would hear the words that you speak over them today. That you are so in love with them. You are so proud of them as your daughters. Holy Spirit, would you come and fill us once again? Fill us with your presence to hear your words and to see your face. So I speak blessing over you mothers right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm excited to bring a message 
this morning as we continue in our series called The Author of Life. And as we have looked at Jesus and who he is, we see that everything he touches brings life. And every miracle that he did in the Bible points to who he is. It's a reflection of who he is. And it's, it's been really good for me as I have looked and listened through this series just to look at my own life and my own heart because I know that Jesus' love for us wants us to be full of life. He came to give us life and life to the full. And so as I have looked at my heart and my life, I've thought, you know, there are areas that I don't feel like maybe I've allowed God to fully touch and bring life to. How many of you know that in this world, we will struggle? It'd be so great if it weren't so, right? Like if once you became a Christian, it was just all glorious and wonderful. But it's not that way. Because God wants us and he wants our heart. And we live in a broken world, whether we struggle with things that we go through personally or whether we have storms that come against our life, our life can have struggle. And some of you might be here today. Some of you might be in the middle of a storm. Some of you may have come out of a storm, which is my favorite. And some of you might be about to enter a storm, but one thing I know for sure is that storms in life happen. But so does our God. And he is with us in the storm. Today we're going to look at a passage about the disciples and a storm that they were in. And I love to look at the disciples, and I love to look at men and women in the Bible because they weren't perfect. And it makes me feel a little bit better. I mean, the disciples, if you've seen the Chosen series, which I just happen to love because I just feel like it just brings life to um, some of the stories in the Bible, and we know that it's not all word for word. Um, there's a lot added. But, you know, the journey that they're on, sometimes they just ask stupid questions. And sometimes they just act pretty dumb. And I think Jesus is just like, oh, man, when are you going to get it? But actually, he knows they're going to get it. And I think he was excited knowing that. But we're going to look at um, a passage in John this morning, John 6, 16 through 21. Let's read it together. When the evening came, his disciples went down to the lake, where they got into a boat and set across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was dark, and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing, and the waters grew rough. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on water, and they were frightened. But he said to them, it is I, do not be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were headed. Let's pray. Jesus, you are here, King of kings and Lord of lords, you are in our midst. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would open up our hearts and our minds and our ears to hear your word. God, I thank you that there's not a person here in this room by accident or online watching, but that you have something for every person. And I pray, God, that we would encounter you in a new way as we open up our hearts, open up our lives, and surrender to you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I don't know about you, if you've ever been in a physical storm in life, but I happened to be in one with my family. It wasn't really a storm, but it was a pretty gusty day, and we had decided to take out a raft that was loaned to us. You know, my husband being the, um, 
the, the city Montana boy that he is, heard somebody say, hey, in the fall, the waters are low and you know it's not a big deal to float down the river. We put in past Glacier. So we were gonna go on this adventure. I was excited. We were gonna sit in the sun. It was such a sunny day. And if you know me very well, you know that if I have an addiction, it's probably to the weather app because I'm always looking at it, hoping for it to change. In the summertime, maybe not so much, but in the wintertime, I'm always looking at it. Well, I looked at it and it was gonna be beautiful but it was gonna be a little bit windy, but I thought, you know, that's not a big deal. So we put in the water and off, off to have a glorious day. And just about 10 minutes in, we were like, this might not be as easy as we thought. You know, I just thought it was gonna be glorious. My husband was gonna be fly fishing, my children just giggling beside me, and it was just gonna be wonderful. Well, it probably was one of the worst days, honestly, in our family's life. There were wind advisories that I did not see. So we were on the water like 10 minutes and we are rowing and my husband, you know, he's pretty buff, but he was struggling. So then he would have one of my sons and then my other son, I took a turn, but we at points, depending on where we were on the river, we were not gaining any ground and the wind was blowing really, really hard. So very quickly we realized that we probably would not make it as far as we intended. I mean, we thought we were gonna get down the whole river and we only did like a third of it. So we're going down the river and you guys might've heard this story. My husband and I have realized that our memories of stories can be quite different. The heroine can be different in, or hero in the stories. So I might tell it just a little bit different, but we were, we were going down the river. It was a, a place that was not as breezy, so he's, he got his rod out and he was starting to fly fish and, and he's like, oh babe, I got one. And I'm rowing and it's, it's starting to get tough. And I'm like, okay. And then he's like, I got one, I got one. And he's trying to pull it in. I'm like, oh my gosh, no, no, drop, drop the, drop, we're, we're gonna die. I could see like these big rocks ahead. I could see that the river was taking a turn where I was like, I don't know where we're going to go, what we're going to do. So he's like, but I got it, I got it. And he's like pulling it in. I'm like, we're going to die. Put your fishing pole down. He says we got the fish in the boat, but I don't even know if we got the fish in the boat. He finally came to me, took the oars, and turned the boat. But the place that we were was called Bone Crusher. And it's called Brone Crusher for a reason. If you've been down the river, it's not the prettiest area. And so we turn, and as we switch places, I sit down, we hit this wave and rock, and my daughter starts to fly out of the boat. I grab her life vest and pull her in. If you've heard this story before, my husband pulled her in, but actually I did. I saved her life. <laughs> I pulled her in, and we get around this. When nobody fell out of the boat, it was an absolute miracle. But it was a tough go. And if you saw a picture on Instagram, which I'm not on social media a whole lot, but if I had posted one, it would have been the beautiful family in the sun. We would have looked so happy, but it really was not a happy day. Actually, my daughter is like, I am not doing that again, Dad. I think it's part of her life. We need to pray that she doesn't have trauma over that. But it was a storm, and it was hard, and we were rowing, and we were tired. How I would have loved like Jesus did, come to the boat and get in with the disciples. How I would have loved for him to jump in our boat or even a guide, the Holy Spirit, something to help us through that storm. But we all have storms that we face. And the title of my message today is Strength Through the Storm. I know 
that there are storms in life, but I absolutely believe that God has a path and a way for me and you to look that storm dead ahead and in his grace walk through it. So in this story, Jesus is that grace. He comes in in supernatural grace. The definition of grace is undeserved favor, goodwill, loving kindness, and supernatural empowerment. How many of you need some supernatural empowerment in your life? The word grace has been thrown around our house sometimes where, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm going to give you grace today because you didn't pick up your clothes on the floor and you didn't do your chores, but I know you really want to go to that basketball game, so I'm going to give you grace. Sometimes I think maybe I err a little bit too much on grace, but grace is something that you don't deserve, but you get it, and it's that supernatural empowerment that Jesus comes into our story. He comes into our storm to give us something that we wouldn't make it through it if he did not give us. Amen? So I'm going to, as we talk about strength through the storm, I have this acronym for you to help you remember. So I'm going to list it out for you, and then we'll go through it point by point. So S is for stop striving and surrender. T, trust Jesus. O, open your eyes, ears, and heart. R, resist the urge to be in control. And M, miracles are waiting to happen. So as we've talked about, we know that in the world we'll have struggles because the world's not perfect. The world is broken. But God uses those storms and he uses those struggles in our story to develop us, to make us, to mold us. And as I think about struggles, you know, it's Mother's Day. So I, I, I think always about being a young mom and the struggles and the things that are in it. It is so much fun and there's so much joy, but sometimes you just feel like you're not going to get out of the kitchen. You're not going to get your house clean. You're not going to stop changing diapers. I think I was changing diapers for like nine years straight. I had five kids in seven years and it has been a wild ride. And there's been lots of joys, and there's been some struggle. But even as we grow older with uh, our children, we tend to be in the car more, and we try to balance this thing called life with our children and our jobs and our husbands and all the things that we do, sometimes trying to be all things to all people. And how many of you ladies have ever used what I think is sometimes a dirty word called Instagram? and struggled because we try to measure up to something that we're never going to measure up to. I mean, I personally, one of my struggles is meal planning. I don't like to do it. I love to make good meals for my family, but I struggle making meals. But I see these ladies that have everything perfect and these beautiful meals on the table all the time, and I'm like, I can't. I wish I could. As you might look at people and look at the way they look, the way they dress, that their homes are clean all the time. There are struggles. There are struggles with our jobs. There are struggles in relationships. Now, men, I asked my husband what you guys struggle with. And he said, bigger trucks, bigger bucks, Bibles, and bigger biceps. Is that true, anybody? <laughs> Somewhat true. But really, 
Men, we struggle. You struggle, not we, but you struggle. I know sometimes to be better fathers, to be the, the breadwinner for your family. Times are tough. Prices are rising on things, and you have responsibilities. Maybe you struggle with secret sin. Maybe you struggle in relationships. Maybe you struggle just to have a friendship or have somebody to talk to. In life, we struggle. But the good news is that we can grow stronger in the struggle. And we can grow stronger in the storm. I personally believe that no storm should be bigger than our surrender to God. Because if the storm is bigger than our surrender to God, we're not letting him in to do what he can do supernaturally in grace through our lives. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 11 says, each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults, the hardships, persecution, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak, I am strong. Now this is the great Apostle Paul talking here about weakness. I read this, and it's like a struggle for me. I'm like, when I'm weak, how many of you like to be weak? How many of you like to show your weakness? Side note, I think it's a really great thing that God says, confess your faults one to another so that you can be healed because we have weakness and we need to have vulnerability. But I don't like being weak. I don't feel like I was born to be weak. I feel like I was born to suck it up and get it done. I like to be productive. I like things to get done. If there's a problem, I want to step in and I want to fix it. And I've struggled to see my weakness as a good thing. But God says, when you're weak, how awesome that we have a God who loves our weakness. He loves when you're not perfect because it gives him an opportunity to come into your life and work. And Paul, it's like, he's like talking through it. And then he's like, oh, now I get it. I will be happy in my weakness, in the insults, in the hardship, in the persecution and troubles, because it allows my Jesus to come into places in my heart and thrive. Pete Scazzaro says, limitations are a gift from God. You can depend on yourself or you can, can depend on God in your limitations. I had to pause and think like, what would it really look like in my life if I lived that way? If every time I felt sad, I welcomed him in with his joy. Every time I felt like I could not take another step forward, I looked to him and I paused and I said, God, what do you think? I think it would really radically change our lives. There was a time in our life um, with Pastor Lance and I, before we were pastors, um, we had a car business. And I always say, it's a hard racket. It's a hard business to have. There's lots of ups and downs and all arounds. There's money flow issues. And there was this one point in our life where we, we had bought this house and um, we were doing okay and we had all little kids. Um, but we were struggling with the business big time. And I knew it was bad. I, was, I did the finance part of it, and I knew I couldn't ask my husband for more money. We needed food. We needed different things for our kids, but we just did not have it. And you can shift things around with the money flow, but it, it, was, it was done. It was 
We were at our limit. And Lance came home one day, and his posture was quite different. He was broken. And I could tell that he had been crying. And he told me that I got on my knees before God, and I said, this is it. In total surrender, God, you are going to have to come in, or we're going to lose everything. But he looked me in the eyes, and he said, even if we lose it all, we've got God, and we've got our family. We could not make it even another two weeks. But in that surrender, it was something that marked our lives, because in that surrender, the week bef- between Christmas and New Year's in-, in car dealerships are not good. I mean, it's like, you might as well just close down, because nobody's coming to buy a car. But we sold, I thought it was like five, but Lance told me yesterday that it was nine cars between Christmas and New Year's, and and it was a complete miracle of God. And I totally believe it's because he paused, he surrendered all of it, and I think there was something that God wanted to do in his heart through that storm as he surrendered, and God came in in a beautiful way, and it marked us. I love the Christian life. I've served Jesus all my life, and it's such a privilege. I used to think, I don't have a testimony, because I haven't gone out and partied and slept around and done drugs and been in the world. But what a privilege to be able to serve my king all the days of my life. Young people in this room, you don't need that stuff. It doesn't fulfill, and it never will. So T is to trust Jesus. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not part of it. Not just, God, I trust you in this, but this, I'm going to not surrender to you. But trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Now, as I just said, that my life has been a journey with Jesus. And if you're new to the Christian faith, Welcome to the party. It is fun. It is challenging, but it is the most rewarding life you could ever live. But I've lived my life and I and I and I can trust God. It's like it's like you put putting money in a piggy bank. Like like you're adding to it. You're adding to it. God's faithfulness is adding to your faith more and more. And because it's Mother's Day and I'm up here and I get to do this, I just want to honor my mom. I am today who I am because of you. I have seen my mom all my life. Trust Jesus. My dad left us when I was maybe three. My mom had a newborn and he wasn't here with us. He was with somebody else. And I saw her on her knees every day. I would go upstairs We had this big house. My dad had left us, and she was responsible for this house. He wasn't paying child support. It was a total mess. She says that God and um, Jesus helped her raise us the first so many years, first 10 years of my life. But I would see her every morning, this red ottoman, I'll never forget it, and she'd be crying out to God. But she knew where her answers were. She knew where to go in the storm. And not only that, she has weathered a lot of storms. A few things, we lost my brother when he was 45. He had a massive heart attack and he died. And I saw her praise God in the midst of it because she trusted him and she knew that he had good for her. 
Just a few years back, my parents lost their home in a fire, lost everything. And over and over and over again, I would hear my mom and my dad who is here today, he became my dad when I was 10 years old, over and over again in the midst of what was going on, they would say, God is good. We know it. And they knew it because they had a deposit and they had a relationship. And I, I get that. I have that inheritance because I've watched it. And I've watched it play out in my life over and over again. Every storm is a school and every trial is a test. And you have the decision whether you're going to surrender your heart and your life and your thoughts to God. Whether you're going to let the storm control you or whether you're going to surrender to Jesus. But you've got to really determine in your heart what you really want. And I can tell you, it's so worth it. You know that hymn, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus." just to take him at his word that's been playing over and over in my mind now Jesus told the disciples to get in the boat and go over to Capernaum so I can just imagine them going and then all of a sudden the wind kicks up and they're like okay Jesus like what the heck where are you you told us to get in the boat and go but this huge storm were, were uh, stirred up and they were at the oars and it was really hard. Has that ever happened to you where you feel like you had a word from God? God has spoken something to you and you're like, whoa, wait a minute. This is not what I signed up for. Not at all. God does that sometimes, but I know that he's with us. Pastor Lance and I, when we were just early in our early 20s, sometimes it amazes me our just blind faith in God and just saying yes to him. But we, we just felt like we were supposed to move to Montana. And we just, we had this gut feeling like that's what God had for us. We had our plans, but he just spoke through some um, amazing people and things that we felt in our hearts and just some confirmations. Just a side note, if you have anything huge in your life that you feel like God is directing you to do, don't do it by yourself. Get some confirmations. Get some godly counsel. Get some wisdom because we need that when we're making big decisions. So we had that and we moved to Montana. But, you know, early on, I'm like, whoa, where's the sun? I'm a Florida girl. Like this, that first winter, man, I think I was uh, substitute teaching. I remember pulling off on the side of the road because this sunbeam came through the clouds. I'm like, oh, like there's my son. But it was hard. It wasn't what I wanted necessarily. But years ago, when I was 13, I went to this conference. And you know what, you know, parents, get your kids in church. Because when your kids are in church, when you take them even when they don't want to go, God puts deposits in their heart that will never fade away. When I was 13 years old, my parents always pursued God. Thank you for giving me that heritage. And they took me to this conference, and um, there was an invitation for people to surrender to God. And I believe it was a youth conference. There was a lot of youth. I remember him saying, I was just like crying. I'm like, I want Jesus. I want Jesus. And God was just wrecking my heart on the inside. And he said, if you want Jesus, I want you to stand up and say, I want the cross and run forward. Are you ready? 
And immediately, I was one of the first ones, I want the cross, ran to the, for, ran to the altar, laid down before God, and just gave him my everything. When you give God your everything, and you say, whatever, God, he listens. He listens. But he captured my heart in such a way that I am so thankful. Because all through my life, I've known that I can trust in him that he is faithful, that when I give him my life, even though it might not be what I want, he is faithful. So fast forward to Montana, being here, it was hard. It wasn't what we thought it was gonna be. We came out with our U-Haul and a Cadillac on the back. We had uh, some cowboy house that we bought in Missoula. And we had our little boom box playing Tim McGraw. I'm going to live where the green grass grows. Watch my corn pop up in rows. Every night be tucked in bed with you or something like that. <laughs> well, we were coming to Montana, going to live the good life. But it did not end up how we thought it would. But it's been a journey of our yes after yes after yes and God has been faithful. We've got to trust God in our circumstances and in our time and in his timing. You know, when the disciples were on the water, it was the fourth hour. It was late into that. It was early in the morning. It was three o'clock in the morning when Jesus finally showed up. And I can imagine them thinking, what and where is God? But God's never late. So many times we want to dictate, but God is never late. He shows up right on time, and we can trust him. Next one is O. Open your eyes, your ears, and your heart. In the storm, you got to open up your eyes to see as God sees, or you're going to miss it. you got to open up your ears to hear what he's saying and open up your heart so that he can do the work in you to make you stronger in the storm. The disciples couldn't see clearly. Their vision was blurred. They could not see through the storm. They thought that they saw a ghost. I want to ask you what you see in your storms. When you see the waves coming, when the wind is blowing, can you see clearly up? You've got to choose to look for his vision. You've got to choose to see what he sees. And it's not always what we want to see, but God is always doing a work in our heart. There was one day that I was driving around and I felt like the Lord just said, look up. Have you ever just been like, this is your vision? Like you just see what's in front of you? And we don't live in a big city or anything, but I was in downtown Kalispell and I looked up and I'm like, oh, I can see the architecture pieces. I saw this like cowboy, like it's hanging off. Is he still there in Kalispell? Yeah, okay, you guys have looked up. Good job. But I just felt like God was like, I want to change your perspective. You can look here in the storm or you can choose to look up and get Jesus' perspective. And if you're just looking at the storm, man, you're going to miss it. God has so much good for us as his children, and I don't want to miss any of it. Mark 9 has a little bit of a different version of the same story, and it says, When they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out, because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. I love this right here. Because the disciples couldn't see in the storm, but they could hear. And immediately, you know what happened? They're like, oh, that's my Savior. 
our storm can be swirling around the circumstances around us. We can be in so much despair, agony, not understand what's going on. But we've got to be in tune with our ears to what God is saying. If I'm in the dark in my house and I hear somebody rustling around and I think, I don't know who it is, and immediately one of my kids goes, Mom! Immediately I know their voice. And why? Because I've heard it before. You're not going to be able to hear God's voice in the storm if you can't hear it when all is still. We have got to posture ourselves before Jesus so that we can hear his voice calling to our hearts. God doesn't just come in and burst in. He's a gentleman. He wants to come in, but he wants that invitation. And you're not going to hear his voice unless you're spending time with him. Nobody can love you more than him. Nobody knows you better. Nobody wants to encourage you through this walk of life more than he does. So the last part of that is open your heart. Jesus, uh, the account of Mark says that Jesus came toward them walking on water, but he intended to go past them. Why would he intend to go past them? I personally think that he wanted to know, do you want to welcome me in? Because I want to be with you if you want to be with me. There's always that invitation. He doesn't come with aggression, but he comes when he invites us, when you invite him into your circumstances. He's in the quiet. He's in the whisper. And I want to challenge you, if you haven't already started it, get to know Jesus. Carve out some time in your days so that you can know him and hear his voice. Know his goodness over your life. R, resist the urge to be in control. I don't know what your first inclination is when you're in a storm, but if something happens, I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. What do I need to do? If something's broken, I'm going to fix it. If there is a conflict in relationships, which I hate, I want to go after conflict because I love people, I'm like, what do we need to do? But sometimes we can't always fix things, right? Somebody you love gets really sick. You can't fix that. You lose your job. You can't maybe immediately fix that. So what is your first inclination? Our first inclination should always be to get with Jesus. There is a better way, and it is being with Jesus. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has trouble of its own. Resist the urge to be in control. Seek first the kingdom of God. I think we miss it sometimes. I think God has gifts and treasures and things that he wants to give us, but we're just like, oh, I got it, God. I can do it on my own. But remember, he's strong in our weakness. What would it look like if our lives always were in tandem with God? You guys all know what a tandem bike looks like, right? There's one seat in the front and one in the back, but you're pedaling at the same speed and you're moving together. 
Now, if it was my husband and I, which we were on those one time and it wasn't my favorite because I was in the back and he was steering us, I probably would be giving him directions on where to go and what to do. And sometimes you do that with God. It's like, God, I think I know better. God, I think that you're late. Why haven't you showed up? Why haven't you got me out of this storm yet, God? So much of the time we want to just go ahead and get through it or get around it, really get underneath it, over it, but not go through it. But when we're tandem with God, when we're in sync with him, we're letting him be in control and him direct our paths. Ultimately, he wants our hearts and he wants to fashion us, not just for the here and now, but for all of eternity. Romans 8.28 says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purposes. It's not just about you. It's not just about me, but it's about him. And it's about his purposes for our lives and for other people. Last thing is miracles. Miracles are waiting to happen when you invite Jesus into your circumstances. I love this part of John's story. He's the only, it's the only gospel that says when Jesus got in the boat, immediately they were at their destination. How great is it when somebody comes to know Christ and immediately addiction falls off? Immediately their hearts are restored. We've had people that have come in those doors and immediately they have felt the presence of God and things fall off of them. And I love it. God is now. He's in the immediate. But sometimes we don't always see it in the immediate. What boat do you have that you need God in today? Is it the boat of your marriage? Is it the boat of your finances? Is it the boat of a broken heart that you need God to come in? We all have areas of our life, storms in life, that we need him and his resurrection power to come in. Now, we might not see it in the immediate, but I absolutely believe 100% that when we surrender our lives to God and we ask him to come in, that immediately something supernatural happens. And I wish that it was in the immediate for our eyes to see, but it's not always in the immediate for our eyes to see. Sometimes it's a progression, but I know that we welcome the supernatural within our hearts for God to do something. As I said before, I'm from Florida, and being in Montana in the first years, it was hard. I wanted God, and I've always said yes to God. We've had some big yeses in our lives, and we've always seen his faithfulness. But the first seven years of being in Montana, I would go back to God and be like, God, are you sure? Are you sure we didn't miss it? We left all of our family to come here. And there was a season of our life where we had nobody. We didn't have any friends. We felt like we didn't have a church. We're like, God, what's going on? And my husband, who loves Jesus with all of his heart, went through a time where he's like, I'm out. God, you brought us here for nothing. And a big part of it, honestly, was the weather. Like, I love the sun. I love the sun. And I'm so thankful it's sunny today. <laughs> but I would come back to God and I would, I would be like, Jesus, take this. I want your will for my life because I know it's the best. But it was so hard. I ended up going to a retreat. And at this retreat, 
There was a, a ceremony um, one evening where they asked us just to write our burdens on a piece of paper, and I wrote Montana really big. And then a lady talked just about our burdens and Jesus taking them. And then as we left that night, they had a fire. And they're like, I want you to take that burden. I want you to put it in the fire as a representation that you're giving this thing to Jesus. And the whole time I'm just weeping because I'm like, Jesus, I want you. But I'm struggling here. And I stood there for 30 minutes after everybody else had left because I'm like, this thing, Jesus, I need you. I'm like, I want to feel something. I want to feel you. I'm going to put it in the fire, and man, I'm going to be amazing. So I took that paper eventually because the people were like, we need to close up. The fire's dying. Can you please put your bird in the fire? Let's go. <laughs> but I was so desperate for Jesus. So I did. I put my bird in the fire. And I didn't feel anything. And I was really disappointed. But as I said, I believe that when we surrender our lives to Jesus, the miraculous happens even when we don't see it. And I started noticing, oh, it's cloudy today, but I'm happy. I, I like living here. Like, I, okay. We went on a trip. As a family, we always used to go visit family. Um, our vacations would be visiting family because we missed them so much. And I remember coming back and being on the airplane and descending. And every time we come back, I would be sobbing because I'm like, oh, I don't want to live here. I don't want to go back. And as we started to land, Lance looked over at me, waiting for the flood, waiting for the flood. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to be home. I'm so excited to be home. I didn't see that miracle in the instant. And the instant's great, but the instant doesn't always happen. But I know that I know that I know that as we surrender our hearts to Jesus, that he comes with his grace. He is grace. He supernaturally comes into our storms. There's so many people that are here today representing so many stories, so many storms, things in life we face. But I say, have courage and take hope because Jesus is with you. And I believe that there are things in people's hearts and lives that Jesus wants to touch today. So before we leave, I want to pray over you. Now first, if you don't know this Jesus I'm talking about, man, you are missing out and I want to welcome you to the party. There's nothing like following Jesus. Nothing like following Jesus. He's the best thing that ever happened to me and forever will be. With every head bowed and eye closed, I want to ask you if you're here today, if you would be as bold as you can and raise your hand if you want to accept Jesus into your life today. Would you raise your hand if you're here and say, Jesus, I want to know you. Thank you. I see your hands. Jesus sees your hands. Is there anybody here who has veered a little bit off the path of following Jesus? Who wants to say today, I want you, Jesus. I want you to be my first again and recommit my life to you. If that's you, would you raise your hand today? I see your hands. See your hands. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
I want you to repeat after me if you raised your hand. Jesus, I see my need for you. Everybody pray with me. Jesus, would you come into my life and make me new? I repent of my sin and I look to you as my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into my life now. And for those of you who want to recommit your life to Jesus, Jesus, I give you my life again. I say yes to you and I will follow you all the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus. There are angels in heaven rejoicing over you. Rejoicing over you because you said yes to Jesus today. Those who made that decision after service, come find me. Go in the lobby at our Connect Center. Meet somebody. We want to partner with you on this journey with Jesus. And for the rest of you, I know that there are hearts that are broken here today. I know that there are people that are in storms that you are having trouble seeing and hearing God's voice. If you're in a storm, I just want you to stand up. Actually, everybody just stand up. But if you want to encounter God today and you need him to come in to your storm, would you raise your hands and I'm going to pray over you. God, we raise our hands to heaven and we say, God, we surrender. God, I ask that you would see your sons and daughters today and that you would come in to their circumstances now as we surrender our hearts to you, as we surrender our lives to you, as we say yes to, G to you, Jesus. God, thank you for your love for your kids that is so abounding that nothing can compare to it. God, would you come in, Holy Spirit, with your healing oil to hearts that are broken, to minds that can't see out. God, we welcome you into our storms. Holy Spirit, fill this place. Holy Spirit, blow through this place. Jesus, we look to you, our great defender. Your way is so much better. Your way is so much better. We surrender, Jesus.